As a child, I was different, and I viewed life differently. I was lost in my own fantasies and envisioned realities, and this would later pique my interest into the unknown, and I developed a passion and understanding for paranormal studies. It used to be that I kept it secret, that I was afraid to tell someone my beliefs. But then there came a day where I didn't give a shit any longer, that these visions or ideas or whatever the fuck I was seeing, they needed to be shared, they needed to be heard, so that others can join us. My partner in this podcast grew up in a haunted house and is the foremost authority of paranormal studies and behavior in Missouri. He has had many experiences and has dealt with bouts of evil and benign spirits. He understands the many facets of not only hauntings, but ghosts, demons on the other side, the fringe, the others, the outer limits of our universe. We believe in the possibility of many different theories, and some overlap and contradict, but it doesn't matter, because unless they can be proven false, they exist like most paranormal things. We are not reality TV ghost hunters. We are just a couple guys that think deeper than most. We conceptualize the possible, the probable, and the will be. Because out here in the wee hours of the morning where things go bump in the night, with a feeling that someone is staring at you in the dark stretches of your bedroom, those cold spots in the house, the goosebumps as you walk down the basement steps, the dogs that bark at nothing in your house, where the flashes of black shadows rush by at the corners of your eyes, well, that's where we live, waiting for others to join us so we can figure out whatever the fuck is going on. Welcome to Graveyard Shift. Welcome to Graveyard Shift, the podcast from Shift Films. I'm Frankie Campbelletta. And I am Jeremy King. We are huge paranormal fans so much fun kind of being inside haunted places with a team of friends and just going out there and spending two nights together at these desolate ass places doing both nothing doing nothing essentially <laughs> i mean ghost hunting is a game of patience you know and this was pythian castle in springfield missouri so it is a beautiful architectural achievement and the owners out there are super cool and they have tours pretty much daily and on the weekend and then the ghost tours with paranormal task force PTF. I think we'll be back November? November 9th and 10th. And I think there is open dates available. There should be tickets available for that event. Yes, and it's easiest to get to the tickets, I believe, through Facebook. Also, there's an Instagram. For this podcast, it's strictly paranormal. We're going to be dealing with cryptozoology. We'll be talking about Big Muddy or Sasquatch, Bigfoot. Momo. Momo, exactly. <laughs> Aliens, the Yeti. The Chupacabra. The Chupacabra, of course. So, things you've heard before with our spin on it. Tonight's story is based on a new documentary called Sir No-Face by... Chad Kalick. If you don't know who Chad Kalick is, he's a paranormal researcher. We have a lot of respect for Chad. We don't always agree with his methods, but we do respect him as the researcher and the content that he's put out there. And actually, a lot like Zach Baggins, putting paranormal on giving it kind of a stage. Hopefully. With the team Whisper did, and that stands for West Sydney Paranormal Research Team, what they were able to discover and catch on film is the heart of this entire documentary that Chad put together. And I will be 100% honest with you, me and Jeremy are both skeptical of people, not of ghosts. It's a perfect way to say it. Yeah, we're, we're definitely believers, although it takes about an hour and 37 minutes to get to the <laughs> seven-second footage. It is worth the watch. I, it is. I, I, I would totally, I mean, that's what I put on Facebook when you asked me if I wanted to do this. I was like, totally watch it. 
Well, the first documentary that I saw, which was Blood Red Sky. Yeah, the the one with Chillingham. Yeah, so they're at Chillingham Castle, which is world-renowned to be one of the most haunted places on Earth, right? Because yep. it's uh, Longshanks. I mean, they killed the children. And what's his name? John Sage, I think, was the torturer in that place. Yeah, and he was kind of a sexual deviant. Yeah. Ends up killing one of his wives, I think Catherine. She was 16 or something. And then it was his girlfriend. His girlfriend. And then that's what gets him killed ultimately, right? Because of where she's from. Yeah, he, he, he killed the wrong girl. And as filmmakers, I have a lot of reservations with continuity and contrast and his MTV reality style editing and cutting and... You know, you know, all, all all hats off. I mean, they they get their shit done. I mean, their their films are done. They're out there. So I always will credit people with doing any kind of documentary. It's the hardest film to do. But they, it is like a giant video blog. Yeah, I mean, it's. I hate to hate on that part, but it is kind of uh, self indulgent. Yeah, it's like an MTV reality TV series, and it's like you know, now watch what happens. Blah. Like you know, it's like you know, all these different transitions, and you have all these different colors and. And then you don't really know where you are in the film. And, and it's like, if I never knew who these people were, if I and I didn't, actually. I'd never watched Paranormal State. I didn't know who Chad was. I didn't know who all the other cast members were in this one film, the the first documentary that kind of, you know, is not, not the prequel to Sir No Face, but it kind of gives these people some bearings and some, right. and some foothold, right? He's, he's kind of had this team for a while that does this. And since you're not like the paranormal nerd like me i was familiar with some of them i mean obviously i was familiar with chad and when i first heard about this movie uh nobody had mentioned to me that it was chad Kalick. i may not have been quite as excited about it yeah if if i knew it was him i just heard it was this movie and the australian government was involved and they were gonna prove that you know they had this awesome footage and it's like definitive full body apparition some of the cool things that in Sir Nua Face, which is the topic of this, but we kind of want to give a little bit of a background too of like who we are as people. When I was a kid, I had some experiences as a child with the Ouija board. It's pretty intense stuff that had happened and it always gained my curiosity from the time that I was 12 years old all the way up into my 20s. And then I kind of died off it a little bit for a while until I met Jeremy and then he kind of got me back into it. And so, you know, ghost hunting for me is I'm a historical researcher. I love history. The way our team approaches ghost hunting is why would it be haunted? What's the reasoning behind it? It's finding and understanding who was here, who died here. Was there any murders? Was there any suicides? Was there any traumatic events that, that could, could have possibly stirred up somebody with unfinished business? My background is I grew up in a haunted house. Um, I was having experiences so far back that I couldn't explain it to my parents because I was too young to even know those words. And I grew up with it. My parents encouraged it, like a typical ghost hunter. I'm overweight and, you know, occasionally smoke cigarettes. And you know, I, <laughs> I don't have any tattoos, <laughs> though. So Not yet. Not, yeah, I'm kind of a sissy on that. But, you know, just like every other paranormal guy out there, you know, I like getting out there in the dark and sitting alone by myself, talking to myself, and then go home and watch eight hours of me sitting in the dark by myself, talking to myself, and hope that something happens. We're going to try to make it entertaining as possible. Some of this stuff can be a little drawn up because you have to kind of know the backstory. So that's that. Am I skeptical? 
I guess I'm. I think even you're skeptical. I think. I oh, think you that. Have to be. Yeah, I, I think it's part of manifesting like what you want to see versus what is actually there. And there's there's something to that. I mean, uh, well, the whole theory of pareidolia, but most people just refer it as matrixing, and that is your brain, whether it's with sight or sound, hearing or seeing what you want to see out of this pattern. Because mm-hmm. your brain wants to make something out of it. It wants to see that face in an orb of dust. I constantly have people bringing me up pictures, and it's like a dust orb, and they're like, see the skull? And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting you mention. Pareidolia. It, it does happen a lot with EVPs, right? And, yes. and So EVPs is electronic voice phenomenon, right? Right. Okay, so this is when... We're hearing disembodied voices on a tape recorder. Mm-hmm. When we've asked questions, we take a tape recorder, and then when we play it back, we usually can get a disembodied voice. In most cases, when we're listening to those things come back, we don't. It might sound gargled. It could be a growl. It could be a full sentence or a small word. Sometimes during the theory is that like if I say, "Oh, you heard kill you? Did you hear that?" Then everybody will hear everybody that because hears it. Yeah, there's actually. I think three classes of EVP. Class A is everybody agrees on what it says. Usually you get one that can go one of two ways, and that's a class B. Everybody agrees that it's an EVP, but you don't necessarily agree on what it says. And a class C is where some people think it's an EVP and some don't. And to me, that's not an EVP. Pareidolia. Pareidolia. All right, so EVPs are, are one of the one of the tools that that ghost hunters and ghost researchers use. They use the the EVP, which is the electric voice phenomenon. There's also the orbs, which there are people that get really behind the orbs and, <laughs> and what they are, and and you know, as filmmakers, right? And as filmmakers, we know that more or less that you know, if, if it came down to it. That's never going to be proof enough to be ghost. No. An EVP, once again, is not really proof enough to be ghost. No. I don't know that it'll never be enough, but we live in Missouri, and there's a reason they call us the show me state. Right. We need to see it. What I'm trying to get to is that it could be somebody else's phone. It could be somebody in the other room. It could be, you know. Stomach grumble. Right, exactly. And so what what Chad's hype was about the film Sir No-Face was that they had, and this in the paranormal circles, especially with our team, the full body apparition, right? Now, I had caught something very strange with my camera when we were in that tunnel in Pythian. I'm convinced that it was, I mean, I looked over your shoulder when you took the picture, Mm -hmm. and we had somebody down there with us confirming, you know, that the Tony Pickman. Yeah, you know, the, 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 there was something there. I mean, we were all seeing stuff. I'm telling you what, it looks like Simon Belmont from Castlevania turned around <laughs> looking over his shoulder at me. Yeah. I mean, and and I saw it on your on on the camera. Right. And I was like, that's something. It was impressive. It is. And so like that kind of leads us into tonight's topic is that me and Jeremy have both been to a bunch of destinations within Missouri. 
We've both been to Winchester House. Went to Destin, Florida, which the only ghost you see there are the retirees. There's <laughs> soon a to lot be. Of them. <laughs> Those are the coming soon ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> We've both done Salem. Yep, Salem, Massachusetts. We were there this year. That was phenomenal to be around. Just something so archaic and being around the you know these people that were put to death for you know being witches and because they couldn't float because exactly and it well they were hung but yeah at same same principles when we when we look at it and when we try to you know manifest you know our own dreams and desires i mean it's always that scary question do you really want to see something and what chad and it wasn't even chad it was the australian team whisper right that really were the ones that had caught this and had this footage and then when Chad was there, they kind of did an intro of Chad's team and what he had done and then what Whisper had done out of Australia. And then Chad goes out to smoke a cigarette, but then he hears the audience make a booming sound or a hot, like a hot sound. And then he's like, well, what, what, what's going on here? And he comes back in, and that's when this... He sees that... Yeah, this team didn't even, like... They didn't even, like, throw this at him and be like, dude, we've got, like, the coolest thing ever. Do you remember that part in Signs when the alien walks out? We caught that. Yeah. But that, what what you're going to see, even though it's seven seconds and we've been dogging a little bit, in our final thoughts here, I can only say that if you're not a ghost hunter, if you're not or never have done anything, I think it almost makes people want to catch something like that. And then you're like, whoa. That's the thing, though. Like, catching that's like one in the lottery. It's the thrill. It's getting out there. A lot of times I get to go with my friends. The possibility of catching that golden ticket. 100%. And I think that's what Whisper has. And that's, once again, that's the West Sydney Paranormal Research Team in Australia. Give those guys a follow on Facebook, too. Final thoughts on Chad's documentary. This guy seems to just get these things done in a year and a half. What do you think of the footage? I think the footage is awesome. I don't think it's definitive proof, but it's it's good enough that maybe not an hour and a half documentary about it, but it was worthy of being presented. Even though it's a little long. Fake or real? I think it's real. The thing is that, you know, that seven seconds of footage is pretty, pretty awesome. It is. It, it, it's mind-blowing. I mean, Chad... His next-door neighbor in Santa Monica worked on the Transformer movies. He worked on the, uh, the Avenger movies. And so he looked at it from a CGI standpoint and basically was able to determine that the pixel break is conclusive, that it is not a fake. It is not C He says it's not CGI. Now, what he said is, roundabout way, he said if it's fake, you shot that. So we can rule out the CGI. Can it be done? Sure, but it would have to be done throughout it, it, the whole thing would have had to be done in cgi and that's setting up green screens that's setting up a character with a green scene suit really a production to do seven right. seconds and, been, and and think about seven seconds and a hollywood blockbuster like the avengers cost how many millions of dollars you know i mean this, yeah that clearly you know it, he might have had access to these type of people but he didn't have access to that type of money. So that leaves the third silo is, is it a human being in a, like a silver silk suit right. that is getting a lot of, is picking up the light that's available to him and kind of coming out. 
and because the so the footage is shot in infrared, so it has a lot of those cameras, and I don't know. We what need that sound doing. effect from SOCOM right now. Yeah, so you know that you're in infrared. Yeah, which he like played in the beginning of that film about seventy <laughs> times, putting people. I love you, Chad. I love Justin. I, like I said, when you when you do a documentary, when you can complete it, I got a lot of love, a lot of respect. I think you just got to scale back on the transitions, brothers. Like, wow. Yeah, I thought I was going to have a seizure. <laughs> it, was, it was just like, gee, I mean, I'm going to start seeing shit in a minute here, and it's going to come from my brain that's bleeding. You know, it has the night vision, and clear, you know, you can't, you, what you can see with those infrared is when you look directly at the bulbs, you can see a red glow. That's mm. all you can see. And that's not actually, I don't think that's even infrared light. And, and that would not be enough even with a silver suit that's taking up all the reflection it possibly can. It's, it's basically a balancer, right? It's, a, right? it's it's what we use to use as fill light when we have natural. We use these big balancing beams of silver or gold, and we kind of shine the light in the areas that we needed as filmmakers. Right. Could they have had access of it? I mean, his wife is the one that's kind of giving the testimony. She says the security guard locks up behind them. They go to the next building and then they go to their tents. Craig Powell's not even there. Craig is not there. Right. It's it's three of his team members, one of which is his wife. And would they have five hours and 42 minutes, I think, of footage for seven seconds? And and they caught it at about four hours and 47 minutes? Yeah. Something like that? So imagine going through four hours and 47 minutes of footage for seven seconds. And I'm sure we have, right? But all he could have farted and smelt it and went, God, and just kind of stepped back from the monitor. And that would have been enough. Or somebody walked in real quick. Or, you know, he got up, he adjusted his chair, something flew in his eye. He looked down for a second and it would have been gone. So that for me is 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 kind of like a, it's a rock in a hard place, but it's also kind of like a catch 22. You waited four hours and 47 minutes to do it and you found it in seven seconds. That's amazing, right? Right. The other side of me wants to say, well, of course it was at four hours and 47 minutes, you know? <laughs> and it's like, it's it's just this, it's, is it, in your opinion, because I've only, you know, I've been ghost hunting my whole life, but you've been doing it professionally with, you know, in your professional opinion, is it as big as what Chad is saying it is? It's a tough question. I, I It's impressive. I don't think, it's, it's not definitive. I mean, like when people are... Everybody says, oh, I caught this thing. It's definitive proof. And I don't think, I mean, there's people out there that believe the earth is flat. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Flatlanders. So, so. The earth is basically Illinois. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, it's impressive. It's very impressive footage. Uh, it doesn't shock me that he had to go that far into it. I mean, when when you record all that, you watch all of it. I mean, you're going to watch all of it. I used to do it in about 15-minute increments. Yeah. Because after about 15 minutes with ADHD, my brain turns off. I mean, I remember we, we, we edited a video a while ago when we were at Lindenwood, remember? And it was like the, the mail meter was going off, I think. Right. And it was going crazy. The The idea that... Like I said, I think we've said it a couple of times on here. I mean, these guys, is it heavy handed? Was there weird, like the kids, like showing his daughter a hundred times, like, you know, I get it, but it's, it has nothing to do with the film. Right. I could have made a a 30 minute documentary on what really happened and not brought in all that. 
Exactly. I mean, I'm going, I'm going back to Australia. He goes back three times, and it's like, dude, just show a plane. <laughs> I mean, that one, that last one was like, oh my god, this plane's never going to land. I felt like I was on the plane with them. It's like a 22 hour flight, and I'm like, you know. I get it. I, I understand that you're trying to build suspense for seven seconds, and I think right. they did do a good job. I mean, was it enjoyable to watch? Sure. Any, anything these guys do is enjoyable. I, even Blood Red Sky was enjoyable to watch, right? But I don't like what he did to his team, but I, I'm also saying that... I would say that Blood Red Sky was more entertaining to watch throughout, Yeah. whereas Sir No-Face was really, I was just waiting for that footage the whole time. I'm like, come on, damn it. Just show it. Just show it. And I didn't want to fast forward and get to it. I was watching it in my house alone. (laughs) I did that too at like three in the morning. Yeah, I was right there with you. And that's always like just this, man, when when you see it for the first time, man, he really like, really really stretches it out and kept showing it yeah right before it happens mm. or the the 39 minutes that happened to that nothing right before until it finally and he's like and here it is oh documentary's over <laughs> yeah i mean pretty much i mean we do um well he does interview a lot of people right. i mean and they call it peekaboo in australia they don't call it sir no face because right. technically what chad realized and i realized right away that it wasn't a man. You could tell by the height of the door. A, definitely see it. Like, Chad is a fellow filmmaker and documentarian. Definitely see it. It's free if you have an Amazon Prime membership. If you don't, I think it's fifteen ninety nine. It's worth a watch. You don't get a lot of the other team is not there. It's basically just Chad kind of facing off with Powell. Right. And he does drill him. He does really do a lot of the research. He answers a lot of the questions that I think I would do. And you really see his maturity in in ghost hunting. He really shows the professionality of debunking people. Everything. Even down to Craig Powell's story. Right. Like his life story. Chad has doubts about that. Right. And he goes through all those and even re... I think he he cancels a tour date, in fact, and re-interviews Craig because he doesn't believe him. Yeah, he shows a lot of emotional intelligence, too, and, and coming, you know, everybody's a critic, and and I doubt they would ever listen to this, right? I don't, I don't even know if it would cross their desk, but in the off chance that they do, just because we don't like the way they transitions their film doesn't make it a bad film. Because uh, the other thing is that we didn't really touch on is it doesn't move like a person. Oh, God, it like, does it's not. arm bent in the middle of the forearm. The forearm moved before the elbow did. Right. And so it didn't move like a person. And since they pretty much definitively proved it wasn't CGI, I think it was real. I, I think in my own in my own world, I don't want it to be real, right? But then there's another side of me that wants to wants it to be real and and hopes to catch something like that because it looks like an alien. It does, and I think that that would be my point. I think that you know the Australian government shuts down the entire operation after this documentary. Yep. After they see what Craig's team caught and what Chad was really adamant about finding the, the grounds and the proof for, right? they shut the whole operation. You can't even go to Cockatiel Alley anymore. Which is a shame. It is. I mean, that place, even, we even talk about the light phenomenon, right? Oh, Which is another thing you see. We didn't even talk about that. 
I would, I've, I've heard of that before, but I've never experienced that. That's crazy too. I mean, to see these lights with no residual shadow and where the hell did it come? It came out of thin air. Now I guarantee that those people who had that stuff happen, they're a little bit more interested in the paranormal field now. That's the truth. So we'll leave you with this. The idea behind the paranormal, the fringe, some people believe there are portals here that can both live in and out of our world. Almost like a doorway into a parallel dimension. Right. And maybe that's why we have such a difficult time capturing it. Also, maybe, you know, as in life, so in death, maybe they're just tired. Maybe they don't want to be right. Because really think about it, right? If they did do the tap dance and they were recorded, how much more inundation can they suffer through, right? Like, how many people would just all of a sudden now are believers in the paranormal? And I think that that's what gives us such a exciting edge when we do our ghost hunting, when we do our two days straight, when we're up from 6 o'clock p.m. to 3 o'clock in the morning, almost 4 a.m. So once again, this is Graveyard Shift, and we are part of Paranormal Task Force. We are ghost researchers, hunters, and historical background checks on each location that we do. Um, Paranormal Task Force is a Missouri company. It's a nonprofit. All the profits that we do make go to the historical society of the ghosts that we're trying to hunt. That's our show this week. I hope you enjoyed it. This is Graveyard Shift. I'm your host, Frankie. And I'm Jeremy. And we'll be seeing you 